Welcome to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the members of the Long Island Professional Network, where business professionals come to grow. Thanks for listening. I'm Meryl Loeschner, Marketing and Communications Consultant and Podcast Producer with Smith Douglas Associates. So, you've just invested in updating your landscaping. Everything looks great during the daytime. Now what? I reached out through the Long Island Professional Network to Dennis Realmuto of Professional Irrigation to see why lighting up your landscape is a great investment. Listen in as we talk about everything from landscape lighting, security lighting, entertainment lighting, and even holiday lighting. Thank you for joining us today. What is landscape lighting? Landscape lighting is lighting up the evening hours, opening up your home, not just during the day, but now you're able to see the landscaping at night to enhance your living space and opening it to the outdoors. I'm sure it also helps with security. Uh, Yes. Landscape lighting, security lighting, entertainment lighting, I actually divide into three different areas of lighting. Landscape lighting, I pretty much look at as enhancement, enjoying the outdoors, kind of painting a picture of your landscaping. When we talk about security lighting, what we're talking about more is I want to be able to see what's outdoors. I'm not looking for a picture. I'm looking to see. And what I mean by that is you want to be able to look at windows and possibly a door to see what's going on. And that is much more of a general lighting and ambient lighting so that you know what's going on on the outside. I mentioned the idea of entertainment lighting. This is kind of an in-between. In other words, entertaining. You've got friends and guests here who might not be very familiar with your property, pool area, deck, terraces, and so forth. You want them to navigate safely from steps to pool to pool terrace without accidentally missing a step or tripping or hurting themselves. So when I go into a home, I actually ask that question. Are you looking for security lighting, landscape lighting, or entertainment lighting, all the above or whatever you choose? And we kind of take the conversation from there. What are you looking for? What kind of types is landscape lighting? I usually just think of it as lighting up the driveway and maybe lighting up the front door. What else is there? When it comes to landscape lighting, what we're looking for is an invitation. Come, this is the way into my house, welcome. And what I try to do with that on the front of the house mainly is to make it inviting. I don't want the runway look. I don't want to channel you. I want to make it picturesque and warm. The idea here is to show the uh, guests or the people coming in, this is my home. I like to show it off, and that's what you're doing with landscape lighting, but I don't want it to be in your face. Whether uh, you highlight just a couple of bushes, you highlight a walkway, you highlight some architectural structure on the house. One of the things that we try to do is to lead you in, show it off. I'm not a big fan of uplighting a house too much. I think sometimes it looks more like a ghostly look 
than it does inviting. If I want to show off a house, I do it soft in silhouettes from the sides and a very soft touch. You know, this is my home. I don't want to show it off as a Halloween feature. Unless it's Halloween. <laughs> well, I've done that too. <laughs> when you arrive at a potential client's home, how do you decide what's needed? That's usually a conversation between them and I. And what I'm trying to get from them is what do they want? What do what are their ideas? You know, you can always slam bass the customer and say, this is what I think you should do. And if you're not going down the right road, it's not the proper way. Asking a customer what he would like, what they're looking to do, kind of give you an idea where to go. I take into account street lighting. Some houses are near the street, have street lights. How much ambient light is there in the surroundings? I'll talk in a moment about a 400-foot driveway where the customer needed the light to show uh, his entrance to the driveway. Uh, so it's kind of a combination of what they think they want and what I think. I usually point out, like I said, street lighting. I point out your own fixtures on a house and whether or not they're, they like them, whether they turn them on every night. I also point out whether or not I think sometimes the lanterns on a house are too harsh. I like soft and subtle. Uh, anytime I see a bright bulb, like a clear bulb in a clear fixture, I, I usually kind of recommend we soften that with either a frosted bulb or frosted fi fixture. So you get the light and not the harshness of the light. All right, so that's kind of where we begin our conversation. A lot of customers want to see the driveway or uh, when I come out at night, I want to feel safe. And I kind of don't want to put in security lighting because that kind of dominates all. By feeling safe, they might want some light on the driver, so something on the house. And I always do this from above. The higher you can get the light and bring it down, the more natural it looks, more comfortable the customer will feel. I don't like to see the bulb. I want to see the effect. And by getting the fixtures up higher and bringing it down, with a long shroud, the customer doesn't see the light bulb. They see the effect, the halos on the ground, and it, it's kind of a warm feeling. It, you know, walking out of your own house, you're not going to feel scared uh, unless you think there's a noise or something going on. You just want to feel comfortable. You want to be able to see the car and the car door and nobody sitting in your front seat or whatever. <laughs> so that's kind of what I look into do. Can you make the security lighting look subtle and clean so it's not quite as harsh as I remember one of my next door neighbors had a motion sensitive security light and a raccoon would set it off a leaf blowing by would it set it off and it's like the sun going off in the backyard you just stole my thunder when it came to security lighting no motion detectors it's just too erratic okay I can take security lighting I, I did this uh, about a month and a half ago I used uh, smaller LEDs and brought them down closer to the house so it didn't disturb. None of the ambient light flooded the neighbor's house or car. And you kind of do this with a fewer lights around the house so that, yes, I can see the sides and I, or I can see the backyard, uh, but you do it soft and gentle. Uh, you know, you, you can probably see very well in about four to five candles. You know, that's a meter of how much light is going out that you can see people and see things. You don't need to do this with 200 watt floods and you know the oldest style 
uh, security lighting. So bright enough to see, not enough to blind. Correct. Very good. (laughs) How do you design a lighting system? You've met with a client, you've looked at the landscape, you've gotten got to know what he's looking for. Do you do this on pencil? Do you do it CAD CAM? How, how, do, you, how do you design the lighting system? Being a Neanderthal myself, I do it on pencil. I do it on paper myself. Uh, if I can get a, a quick drawing of the house, I do so. I usually, through the conversation, will make a lot of suggestions, a lot of ideas. And it's always about, you know, where are we going and how much, which is always a natural instinct is, well, I like that idea. I like, I like all your ideas, but my budget is X, Y, and Z. So what I usually tell people is I give you a multiple choice menu. I'll list all my ideas. I'll come back. I'll describe them to you. If you want, I'll show you the light fixtures and so forth. But the idea here is let's work on what you want. Let's set priorities. And when you say, uncle, I'll stop. But we can always add and do more later. And the idea here is that we set the priorities, whether it's the path lighting, the step lighting, car entry, driveway kind of lighting. When it comes to the backyard and pools, that's, that's another another step also. Uh, are we talking about the kids needing some place to play at night? Or if the kids aren't old enough, we can do that two, three years from now. Do you need some place that you have a step to uh, a pool or a terrace that people might not see? Or I've got enough ambient light from a fixture, all right, that's not high priority. But what I might want to do for the house is open up the backyard. We call it depth of field. In other words, anytime you have a glass and there's only blackness behind it, it is actually a mirror. So when you're sitting in your kitchen, living room, den, or whatever the case may be, if you don't have lights in the backyard, that glass is a mirror. So what I make a lot of suggestions on is to put some up lights or down lights in the distance of the backyard so that when you're now sitting in that room and you have light out there, you've now got a picture to look at. And we do this by some down lighting, some up lighting, and we show off your perennials, fruit, uh, flowering trees, whatever it might be that you find interesting in your backyard. And that is kind of my priorities is what do they want? And then I kind of try to paint the picture as to what will happen if we do this kind of light or do that or whatever. So you do an entire design and it's scalable if they can call you back in a few years. And like, you know, the kids are getting older. We really want to light up the pool a little more. You don't have to start out everything from no. scratch. You can add to the original design. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I do the listed I call it a Chinese menu. It's a listing of multiple choices to where you would like to go. You know, you don't have to take everything. You can take what you'd like. I price it out accordingly. Sometimes if the party says, let's do it all, the price becomes a little bit less, only because of scale of labor, scale of, you know, the project becomes larger and I can get more done. What is a good time of year to install landscape lighting? We install landscape lighting all year long. It has become so popular that even during the winter, we do landscape lighting. Last year, uh, we started a job January 10th or whatever it was, right after the holidays. Uh, It was somebody who had uh, a large driveway, long drive, 400 feet. And what they wanted was two years prior, they had a landscape, excuse me, an electrician come in and did floodlights. They they put them in the trees, but they put big LEDs and... uh, 
it was very harsh. As they came down the driveway, all they saw were the spotlights and the floodlights in their eyes as they went up and down. At that time of year, what we did was we were able to work the ground because it wasn't frozen, and we actually put in softer, subtle lights almost in every tree going up and down the driveway in a triangulated pattern to kind of give them a soft halo. They no longer see the bulb. They no longer see the fixture. It's smaller, sh long shrouded. So they only see these soft halos down, going down the driveway. And they think it's fantastic. I've, I've gotten three referrals from that job alone. So it really doesn't matter. Spring, summer, winter, fall, you can still come in and get yes. the basics done. And especially in a retrofit where the uh, customer says, I have older halogen lights or you know, incandescent lights. What can we do? Any, any lighting job can be converted to LEDs. Really, the difference between good lighting and bad lighting is if it's in your eyes, it's bad lighting. Um, that's one's opinion. <laughs> I've had a lot of customers that say, I don't mind that. It's like, all right, then we go on another direction. Uh, I, I, I've, you've been at parties and other affairs where they have pole lanterns around the activity. And I find that lighting to be harsh, especially if it's a clear bulb and clear filament. What you're seeing, you see the light you're sitting here. Uh, you see the light and it's, you know, that your eye naturally goes to the bulb. I object to it. I, I don't like to do it. But if you tell that's what I want, that, that's what I do. But I always recommend a softer frosted bulb if we're going to use a clear fixture. Or a frosted globe if we're going to use a clear bulb. So what are some of the worst lighting designs you've seen out there that when you came up the driveway, you're like, oh, yes, we could help you with this? <laughs> Last week, I was in front of a house, old uh, quartz light on a motion detector, right in between the two, drive, you know, two garage doors. And she says, we don't really like that light. I said, let me guess. When you pull up the driveway, it's nothing but blind you. Oh, how'd you know? That's all it's going to do is uh, blind you. That kind of lighting is difficult to deal with. Uh, I, I've seen a couple of backyards where they want to entertain, and they had the, those pole lights, you know, that are three and a half, four feet off the ground. And if you're sitting there talking to somebody and they, you've got a 200 watt light bulb behind you, that's what you see. You almost feel like getting a sun visor so I can be able to see and do what I have to do. Right, so you end up in a party with a lot of silhouettes and people squinting. Uh, right, yeah. exactly. Are you a licensed electrician? No, I am not. Okay, I do have what they call a restricted license, low voltage and so forth. When I get into doing line voltage, and the difference between line voltage and low voltage is a transformer. Line voltage is what everybody has in their home, the 120 volts. Most electricians are glad to see me, Electricians don't like to dig. So when it comes to landscape lighting, we do all the hard work for them. <laughs> and I leave all the connections and the uh, splicing of the wires to the electrician. If it means adding GFI receptacles, if it means uh, adding a circuit or several circuits to a house, we'll bring, I'll bring in my electrician. He does that. If they need to have an underwriter certificate, he'll handle that for them too. But we do all the low voltage end of it. So do you I, things like lighting up ponds as well and underwater? and I do all that. <laughs> uh, we just did that again about a month ago. Large koi pond. The lady wanted to see her fish at night. And again, we did it 
by putting the lights underneath her rocks and so forth. So she could see the fish without seeing the light. Every once in a while you get in, somebody dumped a light in that pond, and all you see is the light. You mentioned LED a couple of times. Is LED what's more modern these days as opposed to the bright halogen lights? An LED is actually a... They're elements that light up on a very low voltage frequency, and they give off light. The uh, LED lights actually consume almost no electricity, per se. They use a tenth of what an old halogen light would use. So what I used to be able to do, say, in a low-voltage halogen, would need, a say, a 500-watt transformer. I can do with a 20-watt transformer now. It's just consumes so much less electricity that it's almost negotiable as to why would you even think of using a halogen bulb. Can you change the color of an LED? Is That is something that's relatively new. They brought that out about two years ago. What they haven't been able to do with it yet is get it bright enough. A 7-watt LED 27-3000K lamp, when it's built in to have the frequency change to red or any color on the spectrum, drops down to about three, three and a half watts. So you're not going to get the same wow as you have with a white or, you know, off-white light. So uh, I, I've i seen it done. It, it, it's done quite a bit. But if you're looking for the amount of wow factor, distant lighting, you're cutting your bulb wattage almost in half by converting it to a variable light. So, so, so uh, it's more of occasional bit. If you're doing entertaining, you have a couple of lights that are switching yeah, around color. I'm, I'm not a fan of unnatural light. Uh, when you get into greens and red, I just don't see a lot of green and red light, you know, mm-hmm. sun. If you want it, I'll do it. it. It's, again, one of those things where I sit here and say, okay, that's what you really want. <laughs> it's a novelty. You know, if you're entertaining, it's, uh, you know, a little waterfall, maybe. It changes color, red, green, blue, and I look and, you know. <laughs> I'd rather see the clear sparkle. If people have existing landscape lighting, can you update to the newer LED lights? Is that something yes, that's doable? very much so. Uh, you can take any fixture that is has an old halogen in it. You, I have a full spectrum of light bulbs in LED that we can convert almost any fixture now to an LED fixture, okay? If they want to take it a step further, I can convert any fixture to a low-voltage LED fixture. So it all depends on what kind of fixture you got, how old it is. When we do a lot of conversions, the first thing I do is make sure all the fixtures are working, how old the fixtures are, what condition are the fixtures in, to put a bulb that's going to last 15 years into a fixture that's on its way out really should be replaced in the next year you know labor sensitive it might not be worth it uh i had a customer that we did almost 20 years ago and the fixtures are kind of you know the fixture was okay but the entire socket inside was shot so you know how much time and labor do you put in changing a socket where you know the, it just adds up you may also just do new fixtures Right. So it, uh, I evaluate what you have. Some of the fixtures that are less than 10 years old, they're in good condition, so there's no reason to not convert it to LED. So will that save on the electric bill over time, moving things from traditional to LED? Yes, it does. Not only does it save on electric, all right, 
somewhere around 20% of what it used to cost in a line voltage. You're down to about 10% in a low voltage setup. But what you're really benefiting from is a halogen bulb was rated for 2,000 hours. LED uh, bulbs are rated anywhere from 30 to 45, 50,000 hours. So that bulb, according to the manufacturer, should last anywhere from 10 to 20 years in nightly use. Uh, incandescent bulb had to be changed every year, guaranteed. You know, it was just part of the maintenance. But there are contractors out there selling, I won't sell LEDs. I've got no service. And well, that's, you know, that's another avenue or business model. But I recommend LEDs all the time. You kept mentioning line voltage and low voltage. What was the difference? Well, line voltage is what you have in the house. And it travels at 60 megahertz and so forth. It's good for long distances because of the push or wattage it has behind it, amperage. But when it comes to the LEDs now, you don't need that kind of wattage. But the biggest thing with low voltage is you're now stepping it down one degree further. And because the LEDs don't consume, I don't have to upgrade wire and so forth. Your biggest advantage to a low voltage system is safety. You can literally cut an L, you know low voltage system and it, there's no real spark, no arc, so it, it's a lot safer. Most pools have a 12 volt light in them. You know, that's how safe it is. So the low voltage is totally safe all the way around. If I decide to have all new lighting done around the house, I've got an irrigation system in. Are you going to tear up the wires and tear up the pipes? And Once we have an established landscaping, I almost never use any kind of machine. It's all done by hand. And when you dig by hand, you can almost tell when you've got something in the way or something, you're hitting something. So we virtually come in and with the hand, uh, shovels, the spades, and so forth. We make sod out of the lawn by cutting it into squares, flipping it over, and we hand dig softly, gingerly with the shovels. Should we nick a pipe or a wire? It, you know it's there. It's, you know, unlike a machine that kind of rips everything up or might pull things apart, when you dig by hand, it's clean and neat. I had a, uh, I did work for an electrician who was doing an outdoor lighting system, and his design, I said, fine. Will you put the wire in for me? I said, sure. And I said, I'll do it on Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. And the customer knew we were coming, uh, so we had permission to be on the property. She called the electrician at 4 o'clock and says, what the hell's your guys? You know, I went out this, you know, the morning. I came back this afternoon, and nobody was here. We actually went in and dug 400 feet of trench. She didn't even know it. And simply by doing it neatly, using tarps, pound, clean, rake, can't tell we were there. What kind of fixtures do you use? You mentioned a lot of the things with the LED lighting. There's a There are a lot of fixtures on the market. When I get into a house, I kind of view who's there, what's going on. There's a lot of fixtures on the market from different manufacturers that are very pretty. And when I mean pretty, they're a little more fragile than you might think. There's two big deterrents, or I should say three. Dogs and kids are... I categorize them as one. Um, sometimes the more fragile, pretty fixtures don't take much abuse. The other thing that kind of beats up a fixture is irrigation, believe it or not. Uh, a lot of the fixtures 
do not protect the socket. So you have this globe or fixture, you know, hat on a fixture, but the sprinkler system is spraying water underneath the globe. And in time, it very quickly deteriorates the socket. So if you're going to ask me what fixtures should I recommend, you know, what would I recommend? I'm always going towards something that, do you have a sprinkler system? Do you have dogs and kids? You know, what? how much activity goes on around here? I kind of take into, uh, you know, whether or not they need something more sturdy. In fact, the house I did this week was to convert a fixture. She picked out very pretty tulip-type fixtures, and this was about 15 years ago. And over time, the dogs have managed to, well, she didn't have dogs at the time. Now she's got two labs, and they're very playful, very rambunctious. And she says, called me back and says, Dennis, I love these fixtures, but they're very pretty. They've broken 12 of 15 you installed. <laughs> I said, okay. And we went back to something that uh, is much more sturdy of a fixture. is isn't as pretty as cute, but it's much more durable. It'll take the dogs running around, you know, without breaking and snapping. So she's much happier now. <laughs> so that's definitely something you keep in mind when doing the design. Oh, oh I've got definitely. five kids and six dogs. Right. When it comes to fixtures or you know you can take up accent lighting and you can do it one of two ways with an up accent fixture or you can do it with a well fixture something that's totally a grade when it comes to up accent fixtures right now i'm always going to kind of direct you to an all brass fixture something that only patinas and virtually the fixture should last 15 20 years without any problem at all when it comes to well lights I usually use those if I'm looking to, say, uplight a tree or some kind of artwork that's in lawn, all right? What we find in a design is I no longer can put any kind of path fixture, above grade fixture in a lawn. With the larger lawn mowers that all the landscapers are using, they're not going to make it. Uh, you know, they're all running about 12 miles an hour now, and they're all big and bulky, and that fixture's just not going to make it if you don't have that fixture below grade in the lawn. Most people like the concept of apps now. So can they control all the aspects of their landscape lighting with their phone? Yes, they can. The phone will give you the ability to change lighting when you're not home. At this, If you're home, you might want it off at 11 o'clock. When you go away, you might want it off at 3 o'clock in the morning. Or you might want it on all night long. You might want to be able to change which lights are on at different hours all can be done through the phone all right the only thing we question is the first thing i'll do is light up my phone and see how many bars you have you've got to have a good signal to be able to handle this you know uh, sometimes when we get into an area that the signal isn't strong enough it, it kind of fluctuates it didn't go on why didn't it go on uh, i had one in a secluded area that we changed just to a photo cell. But it it all can be put on your phone with a lot of control, backyard on one signal, front yard on another signal, security lighting on a third if you want. So we can do almost anything you want through the phone now. Usually when people think of lighting their house, they immediately think Christmas lights. Yeah, because I, I remember my dad climbing up on the ladder on a cold December day trying to untangle these giant bulbs and nail them to the roof and the lot. Like, please tell me you do Christmas lighting or holiday lighting as well. We do holiday lighting. Uh, been doing. We started holiday lighting, I guess, in uh, 
2000, and it has grown since. The idea of people climbing ladders, putting them up is a lot of fun. It can be very family-orientated. Taking them down and maintaining them is where I win. Except for the holiday, we will show up within three to four hours and correct anything that might go out. Holiday lighting is done soft and subtle. Uh, again, it's conversation. The idea of putting it up, putting it up evenly, neatly, symmetrically is what we do. Uh, I usually like to throw a touch of color in. Most people want white, but if I can accent a little bit here and there, I do so. Not only lights, but we do garland and wreaths, you know, reindeer, uh, uh, what, whatever it seems to be appropriate. Again, it's somewhat age-orientated. We also do maintenance on it. What I mean by that is the code, electrical code calls for GFI outlets. In other words, if you've got anything that's plugged in outside, should be plugged into a GFI outlets. And as much as we try to make sure the outlet is weather-resistant, making sure the plugs are taped, making sure all the plugs are off the ground, every once in a while we do get one that pops and i don't ask the customer to go out and you know go reset that gf no that's that's our responsibility and except for the holiday we do go out and make sure things are working uh i have replaced a strand for whatever reason went out we do the maintenance on it come the after usually after little christmas which is january 6th or 7th i believe we start to take them down we'll actually take them down they all come back to the shop they are dried, which is an important factor in lighting. We can't just throw them in a you know, plastic cart and say, we'll see you next year. Only for the fact if they're damp all season long, you're not going to have a good product. Uh, with that in mind, I do use a commercial grade uh, holiday lights. You know, We don't go to the local box store and buy their $29.95 specials. And if you buy the better grade, on the LEDs now, we seem to be getting them five or six, seven years out of that string of lights. Okay, if it's done properly, maintained, they seem to last quite a while. They, you know, it's not a one-year throw-it-away deal. Nice. Now, do you do both residential and commercial property? Yes, we do. We do a large hospital on the South Shore. It was a major project for us, but uh, I got a lot of kudos out of it. <laughs> the, we do a couple of municipal parks where the gazebos and stuff like that we do. Uh, commercially, we do a catering hall one of the big ones on the North Shore up here, that look, you know, uh, they're very cost conscious and they had somebody do it and they actually, management called us up and said, please come up and help. <laughs> and we, through a recommendation, we went up and what was done was horrific. I mean, it took us three days to kind of take it all down, restring it, rebalance it, add to it, change some of the coloring scheme. Again, we got a lot of kudos out of it and so much so that We've already lined up this year to do it again. Same with the hospital we did, the park we've been doing for 15 years. Residentially, uh, we do about 75 homes. Anybody from, uh, you know, the smaller house uh, down on the South Shore, we, they might spend $1,200, $1,500. To, you know, somebody on the North Shore that, you know, will do, do 10 times of it. You know, God bless them. If that's what they want, we do it. And, you know, they're all customers, and they're all treated the same. And, you know... Very cool. Do you also decorate the outside trees? If they have a big pine tree, do you turn it into a giant Christmas tree? Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> uh, if it means a forklift or uh, a bucket lift, we do. Last year we did a 65-foot blue spruce. It had almost 4,000 lights on it, but we, we've done it. We've done residentially a 30-foot tree. 
you know, yes, we do it. How long have you been doing landscape lighting? You said you started around 2000? Uh, that was holiday light. I actually mm. did my first landscape, landscape job somewhere around 1986-87. If I decide I want to have landscape lighting, what's roughly the cost? The homeowner, the uh, commercial property, determine where they want to go. And I kind of ask, what do you think your budget is? Where do you want to go with it? You know, all estimates are free. So to invite me in and say, you know, I want to do some landscape lighting, I'll ask you what you want to do. One of the first questions after that, I'll ask you, well, what kind of budget have you got in mind? Uh, no sense me designing 20000 if you want to spend 2000 You know, just let's be realistic out of the gate. You know, a front of a house, you can do for $2,000. You know, a couple of uh, accent, a couple of trees, and a couple of path lights for the trip situation or whatever, and just make it welcoming. So it can be done. You know, the numbers vary as to what you want and how you want it switched and where we're going to go. If someone's interested both in landscape lighting, safety lighting, and entertaining lighting, can you kind of put together a package for that? I do it all the time. Uh, I list it just as that. I just did one yes, uh, Saturday with that kind of thing in mind. You know, let's talk about security lighting, talked about entertainment lighting, shoot a pool and a terrace in the backyard is one thing when the family's there. When you're inviting guests, you've got to have a different type of lighting. You need more lights because by the time everybody starts having a drink or two, they've got to see the steps. The steps have got to be very obvious. Obstruction or the corner should be obvious so they don't walk into things they shouldn't be walking into. <laughs> so, Dennis, if someone listening to this podcast would be interested in learning more, how, how can they reach you? Uh, you can do one of two ways. The best way to reach me is by calling the office, because the girls in the office control my life. The telephone number for the office is 631-789-0500, or you can reach me through the website, professionalirrigation-ny.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the Long Island Professional Network and produced by Smith Douglas Associates. To learn more about the LIPN, visit our website at lipn.org or join our meetup under Long Island Professional Network.